There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. better about with these Brazilian sucka suckas uh-huh. sucky suckies suck sucks these suck sucks mm-hmm. trying to make me afraid of, of refrigerators <laughs> <laughs> what is this some kind of skinny conspiracy is that a- <laughs> trying to make me afraid of flying refrigerators like I mean, I'm not that's horrible. afraid of what's happening to my body I never <laughs> want to be scared of my refrigerator that's really bad I'd much rather be scared of my washer and dryer so I don't have to use it that would be kind of fun yeah. if you thought a little goblin lived in there, and that's why you're slow, your clothes slowly become covered with longer and longer shit streaks. Oh, no! That's the real horror, isn't it? Is that how we're starting? I guess so. Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben with Marcus and with Henry as well. So today's episode, this is going to be fun. We promised you something spooky. We promised you something scary because we are in October! Yes. Very very excited and today we are covering dangerous ufos not of america but rather of brazil <laughs> brazil brazil <laughs> so you're just delighted by the foreignness of it brazil this is going to be a lot of fun brazil's got so we're going to find out has got some of the most condensed intense ufo activity in the entire world and it was brought to us on a platter Mm. By beautiful French ufologists. I want to say probably the most classically <laughs> oh. handsome ufologist. Yes. Jacques Vallée. Indeed. Great name, too. Yes. yes. He's very, I mean, he will lick your pussy. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> now, the alien encounters covered in this week's episode are going to be a little different from the ones we've talked about in the past. Hmm. See, usually we refer to people who have had experiences with aliens as abductees or something similar i think the preferred term now is experiencer (laughs) really yes isn't that strange but in this episode we're going to be referring to the people unfortunate enough (gasps) to be involved in this particular flap as victims victims. this is the most we've ever cheered at the word victims (laughs) wow i don't like that these ufos are being very mean-spirited in brazil (laughs) it's like i feel like kizzle has just grown a chef's hat (laughs) because he keeps making the mamma mia like italian fingers every single time he says brazil yes Now, as far as what the malevolent creatures involved here were called, they had many names. They were called the light, the fire, the animal, the worm, the apparatus, the machine, the thing, the train, or in their literal interpretation, Disco Voyador. Oh, very cool. That's a flying plate. Although the apparatus is a little bit like, do I have to be nicknamed the apparatus? It sounds like something that's used to make a woman orgasm after she was deemed crazy in the 1910s. Well, it also sounds like the name of a guy that's a dentist during the day, but at night he wears like a dildo inside of himself. The apparatus. And he tries to like fuck through his dick with the dildo behind it, like giving him back up all night, every night. Oh my God, you just see the detective put his thumb into a pile of cum, lick it with his tongue and say... The apparatus! The apparatus was indeed here! I'd actually be preferred to be called on my day name, Warren. (laughs) (laughs) But in the region of Brazil, where all this we're going to talk about today happened, 
They're best known as the Chupa Chupa, which translates literally as the Suck Suck. <laughs> and you know, when you go down to Brazil, uh-huh. there's one thing you're looking for, and you're actually wondering if you'll find right. is some of the Suck Suck. Absolutely. But you don't think that you'd get the, I'm going to say, the results of the Suck Suck in a dangerous way. No, I mean, with any <laughs> luck, you'll just get a lollipop. Aren't they called Chupas? Chup, that's chup chups. Chup chups. Chup chups. Oh, okay, different. Yeah. Well, that's what they call lollipops in in Brazil. The, the lollipop. The the, uh, the the this is Spanish lollipop, it's a right? Sucker. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a sucker. a sucker. It's like oh. a tootsie roll or a that's, tootsie that's pop. Just, is that what your German grandfather called his quote unquote clients when he was living interesting. down there? Interesting. Wow, <laughs> isn't that interesting? <laughs> but there is a reason for the name suck suck. It was said by these people who lived in a fairly rural area of Brazil that each person who had an encounter with these aliens had holes on their body where it was assumed blood was sucked out. They, it's not even just assumed. There is some quite a bit of people there. They believe in some of these quote unquote attacks. We'll say attacks. We don't know the actual agenda of these objects or in fact, they were even piloted at all. They want to really want to stick to Jacques Vallée. They may want to suck. They came here looking for, I know, just looking for a suck. Yeah. But what they ended up getting was blood. Oh. But they can drain up to, they said three milliliters of blood. Damn. That's, I mean, it's barely registrable, but. <laughs> that is blood, though. Well, happening in two waves in the late 70s and, to a lesser extent, the early 90s, encounters during the Brazilian UFO flap usually resulted in mild to extreme physical and mental distress in the humans they attempted to abduct. If that's what, in fact, they were doing. If. That's very true. Okay. This is sad because Brazil is so beautiful. People are hanging out on the beach. Everyone is gorgeous. Just don't interrupt them. This is why you just, like, go to Pittsburgh and people will be thrilled to be like, get me out of here. Essentially, but let them be in Brazil, would they, you? They did them at, they did these attacks at night, quote unquote attacks. Again, we I'm not going to assume they were attacking yet, but they all of this happened at night and it happened, and I want to say in some of the less beautiful parts of Brazil, where maybe the coasts, I imagine, are beautiful. But these were fishing villages where they don't often... Like, if they have G-strings, a lot of times, if they if they had a pile of G-strings, sure. they'd use it to catch a bunch of carp. Oh. Well, mostly, the extreme physical and mental distress was due to the method of abduction. Mm. Each of the experiences we're going to cover in today's episode sound like a cluster of walking nightmares, with no two experiences being exactly the same, although there is a running theme. Usually, the UFOs appeared at night with a sudden burst of what the Brazilians refer to as sudden daylight. Whoa. They described it as the clean white light of an iridescent bulb. Quite often, they said it felt like they went to a doctor's office. Like, it's that type of, like, when you go to a dentist or something like that, where it was Mm -hmm. an immediate and intense, very clear LED level spotlight. Right. And much like when you go to the dentist, you end up molested. We all remember that Seinfeld episode, (laughs) which they just kind of laughed about, but he was getting jerked off by his dentist. Jerry Seinfeld was. This is before, that was in a time when men couldn't be victims. Ice. (laughs) Now, naturally, people would run, but that's when the UFO would shine a kind of tractor beam lasso made of light that would slowly but surely pull the victim back. But since this is Brazil, there were usually plenty of trees for people to hold on to as they were being pulled toward the craft. And if they held on to that tree or fence or whatever long enough, the UFO would simply leave, with few exceptions. Damn. 
even through all the attacks and fear and everything else, as far as we know, the aliens very rarely actually succeeded in abducting a person in this manner. Which is why Jacques Vallée points to what was the agenda of either the occupants of these objects or the phenomenon just exa- as it existed. So, because you hmm. think if they could ad- abduct you very easily, and if they wanted to abduct you very easily, wouldn't they just do it? But right. now what we're going to see is that maybe there's something else to it. Maybe it was an accidental, or maybe it was a catch and release. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe these aliens are too lazy. You put up a fight, and they don't want to deal with it, and there you go. You're out of there. Mm-hmm. And while one might think this was mass hysteria, sleep paralysis, or just simple bad dreams, these encounters all occurred outside usually while the victims were traveling on foot. And in a few cases, it happened to multiple people at once. These are sightings with many witnesses. These are events that we're, because they are working in close-knit family groups, they're working uh, in, in, they're literally working in groups. They're seeing all these things together en masse for months. For months they're seeing this shit to the point where everybody's just staying inside. Wow, I'm just going to say, I caramba. (laughs) <laughs> I, I can rumba on that. No, no, you have to do it very seriously. If you if you really want to have true gravitas, you have to go. I carumba. Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> Deal is made. Furthermore, in just one cluster of attempted abductions in the late seventies, thirty-five people were hospitalized with dizziness, headaches, total fatigue, insane diarrhea, and vomiting, and in many cases burns that resembled radioactivity or microwave exposure in the areas where the lasso light touched the skin. That must be a rough day for your nurse when they're like, so what are the patients uh, suffering from today? Insane diarrhea. It is somehow, (laughs) it's coming out of their hips. What in the world? (laughs) But these nurses were also told explicitly because we're going to see the Brazilian government has rolled into town while these flaps are taking place. And they are being told, they're not only dealing with all of these mysterious syndromes and people coming in with radioactivity burns. They are also being told by a dude in camouflage being like, don't tell them fucking anything that's happening. And so they have to, all of these people are like, what's wrong with me? What is happening? happening to me and they're all like clouds are mad that you didn't go to church by the way every time you guys say the word flaps i feel like your body shaming me so maybe we could do a different word no that is the technical term any it always have to when i imagine a group of ufos i always imagine a ufologist breast And in addition to all that, the Brazilian government took it seriously enough where it fully admitted that UFOs were indeed real in 1986, years after the initial investigation, when further evidence presented itself. Dude, this shit is legit. As soon as you pop the lid off of this story, you will see that the Brazilian government has put a fuck ton of time, energy, and money into the quote-unquote UFO problem. But they could they, they have worked on the economy a little bit. Though. No. <laughs> they did something fun with their energy instead of okay. like, oh, we need roads, oh, we need highways. They instead decided to crack this nut. And I think that that's... The, my biggest takeaway from this entire story is just like, holy shit, they put real fucking resources into this. Yeah. These are the most credible UFO stories that I've personally ever been involved with. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And by personally involved, I mean sat in my underwear watching YouTube documentaries in Portuguese yep. trying to understand the gestalt of what they're saying by how their <laughs> eyebrows are bouncing up and down. You nailed it. <laughs> But with all this together, 
it doesn't necessarily mean that aliens were behind it all. Yeah, what? Dude. Yeah, all dude. we know is that something sinister was going on in the 70s in and around the small town of Colares, near the delta of the Amazon River in northeastern Brazil. Don't even fucking think of saying the word alien. Hey, around Jacques Vallée. Really? Why not? <laughs> he will kick you in your pubic bone with his tiny French, like, little shoes. Really? His heeled boot. He will step upon your big, gigantic, swollen, clot-filled toe with his pointy, pointy leathers. Well, then what's the fun? If it's just a UFO, I mean, I think you gotta have aliens in there. No, it's just a little bit more spicy than an alien. Maybe this so-called extraterrestrial hypothesis has been wrong altogether. And maybe, hmm. just maybe... There's some form of interdimensional intelligence that exists right on top of us. And they don't need to come from Alpha Centauri. They don't need to come through a wormhole. They mm-hmm. don't need to come from some from the supposed binary star system that we're a part of, Marcus. You too, yeah. buddy. That's a I part know. of the reason okay. why what's going on right now is that we're a part of the false sun system. There's a true <laughs> wow. sun system. Look up binary uh, star system that we're in. You could really get some interesting literature. That's great. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that was a paragraph of what not to say on a first date. Fuck these if people. If you say anything you like that, you'll me. never find love. You can't handle me. But the, I, I really hit a volume I didn't mean to. But Jacques <laughs> Vallée says explicitly, again, that the that's what I like about Jacques Vallée, is that he is not trying to make this make literal sense. He's taking the evidence empirically okay. and saying, these are the things that people are seeing. Does that necessarily sound like a plane or a ship? No. So mm. instead of saying, it's not real, then maybe we need to think about if there's so much, what seems to be first person evidence and experience of these situations, that they there there's something to the bottom of it that may not just be a nuts and bolts craft. Maybe it's coming halfway from our own minds. Strangely mm-hmm. enough, I can see you gaining weight. <laughs> Isn't that weird? But let's suppose for a second that they were UFOs. Okay. And taking it further, let's suppose that the UFOs were, if not malevolent, then they were at the very least disrespectful enough towards humans that they treated us with no more care than a child does when they pick the legs off a cockroach. Yeah, and I ain't gonna be disrespected for most space refrigerators. I'm a part of the LG family. All right, if you go to my the kitchen LG and you see family? me, is it a T-Mobile a, commercial? Me and LG, LG Farms, wherever they grow the refrigerators. Ah, uh, yes, refrigerator I, trees. I refuse to believe that my refrigerator is slowly planning on zapping my wife's body because they attack breasts quite a bit. Is that mm-hmm. right? That's actually yeah. really true. And it's like, leave the breasts alone, aliens. No kidding. And if we suppose that they were UFOs, that raises questions. Why, for example, did all of this only happen in Brazil? Which, as far as we know, is the only instance of a cluster of UFO attacks of this sort. This has never happened anywhere else before or since. Is it possible that the culture of Brazil is a little bit chatty? <laughs> and that they said, oh, my God. The, and the, the refrigerator showed up and the UFO showed up and they were like, we really hit ourselves a pocket full of people that like to talk. And so we got to go to like Texacana. Texacana? Texacana? We got to go somewhere where people are a little bit more humble and mum. Did you read that Adele book, Untamed, this weekend? Are you untamed? Does she have a new book? She didn't write it. She just fucking talked about it. I love Adele. And leave her alone. Oh, my God. Everyone needs to leave Adele alone. She's very happy and healthy and leave her alone. 
Thank you, Jeez. <laughs> People are all judgmental all the time. But then you're kind of heading into John Tenney world where we talk On to, purpose, I did that. <laughs> weirdly, you did. John Tenney is a paranormal researcher that we have worked with. We did an interview yes. with him for uh, the Patreon series for last podcast, and we and he is great. He was a part of the Hellier series. So nice. Go follow him on Twitter. He's a good follow. But he talks about what if the... We don't know what the agenda of whatever that intelligence is. Right. Maybe there is a mechanism within the whatever that is, whether they come from another planet or they are interdimensional or they come from inside our planet, that are they conscious of not wanting to be seen or known? And is that why it's so difficult to get a proper picture of them? Because hmm. even in this case, they had cameras. The, the Brazilian government is going to install an entire surveillance system for three months and only get... the see shit but only getting certain pictures and then we wonder why are they such shapeshifters like what is it about like the, they appearing like this in brazil hmm. and not that way all around the rest of the world and, and what is their what is their purpose yeah and furthermore like you know they it, different areas of the world seem to have different flavors of ufo experiences like if you remember like up here in the northeastern united states like a lot of the ufo encounters up here they're gigantic triangular crafts mm. you know yes. the hudson valley sightings and all that and the phoenix lights are very so very akin to it the ideas of like seeing a thing that looks like a giant cloud and then all of a sudden you realize it has like a structure and then they're like solid lights in it and if you go over to africa then the ufo encounters are a lot more shamanistic a lot more psychedelic it's something different entirely cool. if you want to have a fun afternoon and again make you make you less accessible as a human being okay fucking spark a f spark the longest leaf that you can fold into your lip and watch credo mutwa talk yeah. with david ike for six hours if you want to get <laughs> that's, into that's some, good for your brain it's, i didn't say good okay i said it's a challenge to see if you could fit that much truth Really? Into your mind. But Credo Mutwa is, uh, we covered a story of his when we yeah. did the sexual liaisons with the alien. <laughs> he has a lot more where that came from. Oh, my mm -hmm. goodness. But if you're going to be fun with it, and I say let's be fun with it. Let's for a be second. fun with it. Yes. <laughs> it's a possibility that different alien species may have dominion over different parts of the earth. And it might just be that Brazil and quite possibly the whole of South America, when you take their fucking cryptid experiences into account, mm -hmm. could be that that area was given over to some of the more aggressive B teamers of the alien experimentation community. Man, you're just about to get chupa chupa, buddy. You call wow. them a B teamer? Look at the tech wow. they're slinging down. I actually wonder if we'd even say this is B teamers. I wonder if this is more like a fucking version of the Suicide Squad. <laughs> these are. This is a group well. The Suicide of, Squad's kind of the B team, isn't it? No. Yeah, I don't. The suicide, of course, the, the the Justice League is the A team. Oh, you both. <laughs> you men. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, this is just my interpretation from what I've read about the Calaris uh, sightings and the abductions and all that. It seems like they kind of don't know what the fuck they're doing. It does uh. sound like it's a bunch of like when I got knockout gamed or mm -hmm. now that Rick Moranis got knockout game. Oh, Jesus that was very Christ. sad in the Upper East Side. Leave Rick Moranis. Leave him alone episode. Leave Rick Moranis alone. But that idea of maybe they're young, dumb, full of cum. 
<laughs> and these chupa chupas are just trying to blow off steam. Okay. Or it's like a training exercise. Or the, it's a, it almost sometimes it feels like they like bought a new tool, like a new tractor beam, mm-hmm. and they got and they traveled all the way from fucking Alpha Centauri and they got to Earth and they didn't test the fucking tractor beam before they left. And uh. then when they got to Earth, they fucking discovered that it doesn't work very well. Oh, yeah, it's like, like the way we're dispersing all the protesters now with our new toys. That's what that's what <laughs> that's what they learned from the U.S. government. Maybe it's being like, well, if you're gonna pump all this money. R&D we have to use it at some point absolutely Mm -hmm. but even if it wasn't aliens whatever it was made the people of Kolaris believe that something was after them they were so frightened that many of the women and children left town and the men lit bonfires at night and shot off fireworks in an attempt to keep the ships away this really immobilized this part of Brazil so it's because this was a hard-working it was a working class part of the country. Uh-huh. These are fishermen. These are fishermen towns. These like and farmers, and, fishermen and farmers. And farmers, and they literally couldn't do their jobs. They were starving. It got to the point Damn. where they they couldn't figure. out. They were running out of food. They were running out of money, and they the whole city was just shut down because they were so terrified of this phenomenon. That, to me. That rings of like I know everyone wants to say group hallucination, mass hysteria, but again, who benefits? From this, if you're literally running out of food to eat. Or could it be the men were sick of the children and their wives? And they made up a story so they would be forced to evacuate. Ah. It must have been one fun week. They must have had the fun first weekend. Yeah, the first weekend probably was pretty fun, but all that shit went away because they discovered the more noise they made, the closer the craft came. Oh, yeah, no! As if the craft was either curious or was daring the men of Kolaris to take the conflict to the next level. You have to play the silent game even when you're, <laughs> even when your friend perhaps get a little roundy, a little randy, and he's trying to what? blow you. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> you tell me, like, when you and your fishermen oh, so are your friend, you're, you're I don't know what all these men sent their fucking women, the wives and children sex away with each so they other. have <laughs> yeah, like be broke back mountain out <laughs> in the canoes of Brazil. Farmers <laughs> are very lonely and fishermen are very lonely. They just hang out with fish all the days. But you know, Marcus knows ranchers. They don't have sex with the other men. They have sex with the animals. Yeah, yeah well. Yep, that's what they do. They don't I masturbate know. either. They just have sex with the animals. Somehow <sighs> that's better. It's not better. It's not. <laughs> but before we get too deep into the story, let's acknowledge our main source for this episode. Today, we've got UFO Danger Zone, Terror and Death in Brazil by Bob Pratt. Flower to <laughs> Danger Zone. It's a great name for a book, it I have really to say. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bob Pratt, previous to this, was a journalist at a daily newspaper in Virginia, but he quit because he wasn't allowed to publish the stack of UFO, paranormal, and Bigfoot stories he had at the ready. Honestly, that newspaper editor needs to be fired. Yeah, Newspapers yeah. are in dire need of readers. Put just butts in seats. Put butts in <laughs> seats. Just publish the damn UFO stuff. Yeah. And since Brazil only had a few hundred active UFO investigators in a country of over 200 million, Bob decided to travel down to South America to see what he could see in Brazil. And this is what Bob saw. Also, Bob had a trunk full of tassels and an ass that just wouldn't quit really (laughs) and so he was built for brazil and he knew he was just wasting his time and energy in virginia where no one wanted to see him swivel and nobody cared about carnival not a diss but it's a flat butt country virginians great people but it is a flat tush place oh man Mm -hmm. now we're gonna get a pile of big butt letters no well that's (laughs) 
also, possible. This is this is not required reading for this subject, but I'm going to say as a student, if you are consider yourself even remotely a student of UFOs, <laughs> you should be reading Jacques Vallée's Confrontations, which is where this story first sort of was broke. And Bob Pratt was inspired by Jacques Vallée and kind of took the ball and ran with it. But Jacques Vallée is my favorite writer, as I've said for years now. Yes, you have. But it's because of his attitude towards the subject. And it's also He's... because you guys can share shoes. <laughs> little feet. You have little feet. <laughs> yeah, I do wish I could fit in his Frenchman's feet. He's also... A million. He's a millionaire. Is he really? He's a futurist, and he's deep into the world of technology and hedge fund shit now. It's very, very interesting. Huh. He's recently getting back to UFOs now that um, I think Tom DeLonge's paying him. Really? He's kind of on the he's kind of on the TTSA train. So some people are now like there's like a need a clamp bank a junk valet kind of movement, but yeah. it's like read confrontations and then see if your clapping is warranted. <laughs> Get uh, me mad. Okay. I'm you got your you mad. wound yourself up and got yourself mad, buddy. <laughs> now we don't know exactly who the first victim of the nineteen seventies Brazilian UFO flap was, but we do know that these types of UFOs began showing up in Brazil in 1971 when Jose de Souza, a farmer in Puxinana, was chased by a vaporous ball of light 10 meters in diameter as he was walking home from work. I'm going to say this also right now. Um, the three of us, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say we could not be farther from Portuguese. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I want to say Marcus has some experience with Spanish. Yeah, I do. But it's different than Portuguese. It's much, yes, Spanish and Portuguese are two very different languages. I mean, they're they, completely they, different languages. They're like similar. American. They're, they're similar, but yeah. Yes. I took six years of Spanish in high school. I mean, not in high school, from high school when I take Did it. Did you go to this high school for six years? Yeah, it was a, a <laughs> medical school for children. Really? Yeah. I was doing autopsies at the age of 16 years old. Wow. I think that's the plot of Doogie Howser. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so we are going to maybe. I'm going to say maybe trample uh -huh. on the Portuguese language, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. I barely had time to write this. Did not have time to learn Portuguese. That's fine. I think it's I think it's just great. Uh, it's like it, Canadian versus American. It's kind of like Spanish, um, but it's Portuguese. So and here we go. English and German, I think. English and German. Yeah, it's two different languages. In Canada, they speak English. Oh. So we actually speak the same language. They just say a boot, and uh, they're passive-aggressive. No, yes, you can't apologize if you speak real English. But Jose D'Souza, at the time, no one believed him. He ran all the way home to his mother that night and immediately told her what happened. But she dismissed the whole story, saying that Jose had just seen a ghost. Because men who walk around at night... Always meet up with ghosts. I do yeah, love. They do. I do love that his mother would be like, "You're crazy. You just saw a ghost. Hey. And if you tell me you saw a UFO one more time, I'm gonna get you. We know you're drinking again. Okay? Aliens? That is far fetched. You, my friend, had a dinner with a phantasma. Oh, cool. Well, the next sighting we know of came five years later near the southern town of Jaboticatubas, in what is known. As the Valley of Old Women. Oh, get me oh there. My God. <laughs> There's nothing better than Milf Canyon. Yes, <laughs> There, a 30-year-old man named Cecilio was walking at night with some elderly neighbors when a UFO appeared. Come, come to the sausage restaurant, elderly neighbors. Come, come. <laughs> yes. Yes, very excited for sausage at night. Very, very excited. 
See, see. I think I say see. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Nailed it. They all started running. Run, run to the sausages. Sausages will be drying Ooh. soon. I, I crumble. What is that in the sky? Just flawless, flawless, Henry. But surprisingly, Cecilio's elderly companions left him behind when his sandal broke. And he couldn't catch up because he had, it had broken on a patch of sharp stones. Oh, That's why you man. only have to be faster than your buddy. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Cecilio said that when the UFO caught up to him, it looked like an open umbrella, and it hovered above, surrounded by the smell of sulfur. Hmm. Finally, when it flew away, Cecilio began vomiting. This is like Marcus's, I want to say, day camp experience, where you just got drive-by farted on. <laughs> oh, that was very mean-spirited. Of the Very mean kids. Very mean-spirited. I still kind of laugh thinking about it, but well, it, was more day, it was more than day camp. It was just... Elementary school, the yeah. entirety of it. Yeah, kids do the fart. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. a fun summer thing. It was no, your reality. Indeed. Yeah, no. <laughs> for like a year, fart kid. But Cecilio was. The, the, we're going to see that the UFOs farting on people and making them throw up is actually a very common trope in the Brazilian UFO flap. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Cecilio eventually made it home, and he stopped to vomit multiple times along the way, <laughs> but he couldn't stop. And once he got Aww. home, the uncontrollable vomiting continued, and he kept vomiting until he just fucking died. What? Yep. He died from vomiting too much. That's a rock star's death, though. That's <laughs> kind of fun. That happens outside the Roxy. No, you have to have been a rock star. Well, he, he had the rock star on... death. I'm not saying he, he was, was a rock star. He was going to dinner with his old friends, elderly people. In Valley of the Old Women. <laughs> oh, my God. The only person okay, is Iggy a... Pop. What do, what, what do you want the me to do about it? The only person who is a rock star in the same exact situation as Sammy Agar. Yes, of course. <laughs> About a month later, again in the Valley of the Old Women, there was what seemed to be the first known attempted abduction. On that night, Hermelindo da Silva was walking home when a UFO about 10 feet in diameter appeared right above him. Hmm. Now his trusty dog immediately abandoned him. What? Hermelindo wasn't going without a fight. Georgie would run away immediately. Yeah, Georgie Wendy would oh, that, that is yeah. not good at all. Then, honestly, the dog, I mean, well... <laughs> Can't punish it too much, but then it's not getting treats that night. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. Well, Hermelindo wasn't going without a fight. He picked up a pole and thrust it toward the UFO, but the UFO gave him a zap. Then four steel cables with hooks dropped down from the small craft with the obvious intent to drag Hermelindo back into the UFO. And then he looked up and he saw that it was fucking Pinhead. Pinhead! It's a fucking Cenobite mobile. That is cool as hell. By the way, I am here for whatever this resurgence is of Clive Barker's work. They're making Nightbreed again. Pinhead's coming back. Hellraiser's coming back. There's going to be a TV series. I think I'm think i here for it. Legitimately, I think that he got the rights back. The, rever- yeah. the, the rights right? reverted to Clive Barker, and now he's just decided to make money on it again. Please, yes. God. Yep. I love yeah. that. Love Hellraiser. But Hermelindo kept fighting, and during his resistance, a creature about four feet tall slid down one of the cables like a tiny little action hero to try and subdue Hermelindo by hand. You cannot kill me, doll man. You cannot kill me. I have strength of pole. I am the strongest man in the Valley of the Old Women. He's like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible and probably the exact same size, and he's just coming down there. But now you think about Tom Cruise's size and think about how brave he is. He's not that. Well, I do like that he does his own stunts. I know. I actually do like that he does his own stunts. 
Now, Hermelindo wasn't taking any of this shit, but he couldn't get a grip on the creature because the creature was wearing this smooth metal suit. He was very slippery. Hi, I am the metal pill. Oh, <laughs> cannot get me. They call me Space Soap Man. Oh, Space Soap Man. No kidding. Don't drop you. But being much larger than the alien, Hermelindo bear hugged it and threw it to the ground. It's like when Hulk Hogan wrestled Andre the Giant in yeah. what some would call a super boring match, but others would call it super, super boring. <laughs> but throwing the creature to the ground ended up being a grave mistake Uh-oh. because this enabled the creature to slip a hook around her Melindo's left ankle Whoa. before it scurried back up the steel cable to the safety of the craft. Got the fish. <laughs> Got the fish, pull him into the boat. Oh, no. <laughs> Once the creature was back with its crew, the cable began retracting, pulling Hermelindo up into the sky toward a large black hole open at the bottom of the craft. But even as the craft was pulling him back up, it was also flying away. And it happened to fly in the direction of Hermelindo's home as he screamed for help, help. dangling from a UFO. Help. Can you drop me off here, please? <laughs> this is the worst Uber I've ever been on. Damn. Now, all this screaming woke up Hermelindo's brother-in-law, who woke up just in time to see Hermelindo knock the cable loose from his ankle and fall 20 feet to the ground right into the blades of a big yucca plant. Oh, that hurts. Oh, that's got to hurt like a motherfucker. Yes, it does. And after that, the UFO chalked up the encounter as a loss and flew away into the night sky. And other than the cuts and scratches from falling into a yucca plant from 20 feet up, Mm -hmm. Armelindo was shaken but unharmed. Okay. Can I say that there is, in my mind, we'll start with the Jacques Filet threading in. The way it attacked him is not unlike the way a fisherman gets a fish. That's Mm. what I was thinking. If he was a fisherman by trade, which quite a bit of these people were, my question is, is that in some way, shape, or form, is it like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man? Does something come from the very back of your subconscious and, like, it's a thought that you have because you wake up every day and you think, how many fish am I going to get today? I can't think, wait did to he have feel buckets guilty? and buckets and buckets of slippery fish. No, I think it's just more of a default thought. Uh, and then all of a sudden, now, he, in fact, himself is getting fished. That's why whenever the I get abducted by UFOs, it's a little delivery outside of my door <laughs> and it says McDonald's on it. And I say, ooh, yes. And then I put my hand in it and it sucks me through and now I'm the Big Mac. <laughs> God, you'd be a big old Mac. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Luis Fernandez Barroso was not as lucky as Hermelindo. Oh, no. In what seems like the first instance of light beam technology, which is obviously a step up from the hook method, Luis was unfortunate enough to have an encounter as he was walking home one night with his donkey. Isn't it fun to have the social distanced dinner out, Bruto? <laughs> Isn't it fun how we get to sit and have a nice time together? Yes, yes, lick your penis. It is covered in dicks, huh? Oh, uh, wash I, your donkey's dick, please. I love What's wrong to walk with you? with you, Bruto. My God. About two hours before daylight, Luis said a large object came out of the sky, hovered above him, and blasted both him and his donkey with a hot light that caused both of them to pass out cold. Oh, this is huge. Yeah. Yeah. When he awoke, he was nauseous. He had uncontrollable vomiting and insane diarrhea. He had headaches and no doctor was able to figure out what was wrong. 
After three months, his hair turned white, and after six, he lost his mental faculties and spent the remaining 17 years of his life sitting in a chair doing nothing but staring straight ahead. Honestly, that is the dream. That is the <laughs> ultimate goal. That's what Puffin does. That's all my dog Puffin does. I think Puffin's blind. He's happy. <laughs> Back to the hooks for a second. They did try it one more time before switching solely to the light lasso. Around the same time as Hermelindo's encounter, an elderly man named Antonio Amador de Lima had a similar encounter when a UFO descended and hooked him on the back of his shirt. It's like what they used to do to nerds. Yeah. (laughs) When the hook pulled him up, Into the air toward the UFO, Antonio was able to get a look inside, and he saw three people, strange and ugly, with short black hair and yellow arms. Said they didn't look Brazilian at all. Huh. But Antonio said that once they saw him, they told him, quote, Here is a good old man we can take with us to our Earth. After 15 minutes, though, the shirt could no longer support Antonio's weight, and the hole made (laughs) by the hook ripped. Oh my god, Chad! It's my burrow shirt! (laughs) Horrible! (laughs) Antonio fell back to the ground, so the UFO, again, just spun a few times and flew away. These UFOs do not have tenacity. No, you got it. Whatsoever. Try, try, try again. I mean, it can't be that difficult to get him back up. Also, hook the flesh. (laughs) Don't hook the shirt. I wonder, because they are going, all of these are going to escalate. They, okay. they, we're going to see the, the the in their own serial killer fashion begin to try things out. It seems like playfully, mm-hmm. and eventually refine the way they quote unquote attack. Okay. Well, it's like I said earlier. Like it, it's playful in the way that like a six year old kid is playful in ripping apart a bug. Like he doesn't exactly know what he's doing. Not really. He doesn't see the bug as mm-hmm. a sentient being. Just like these. Creatures or whatever's in there may not see humans as equal beings or not even close to being sentient. You've mentioned this a few times about six-year-olds tearing apart bugs. Now, I don't remember doing that when I was six. <laughs> but did you, were you a big bug tearer apart, Marcus? It's a, it is a very common thing for children to do. You know, but you know, you burn burning the bugs on the sidewalk with the magnifying glass, all that shit. What I did was, hmm. I remember we used to have a big ant colony in a tree, and sure. I, every once in a while there would be this big ant colony, and I just would feel the power of. You I would get the it. hose. No, oh, no, no. Yeah. I was always like, I like to poop on the inside. And also, when I was potty training, my parents said that whenever I had to poop in the diaper, I go hide behind the lamp. <laughs> I literally go hide behind a lamp and sit and just stare from behind the lamp and poop. <laughs> you did learn shame at a young age. Really did. Thank yeah. you, Catholicism. But I would go like an angry god with yes. my hose and just commit mass ant genocide. We had a hornet's nest. Now we're really talking bugs here, huh? We had a hornet's <laughs> nest right underneath our front step, and I did raid that a little bit and put some glue in there and stuff. So I, I get what you're saying there. You're telling me you never pissed on an anthill. Oh, of course I did. I did everything on it. Yeah, no, naturally, on accident, on purpose. I mean, but normally, would, but but I was more fascinated with ants when they would like get in our above ground pool. Not to be tell you how good we had it in Queens. Wow, you're in above ground. But yeah. the idea of like I like to watch them like kind of walk around on my hand, like pick up a little ant and kind of see it walk around. I didn't always try to torture it. That's very nice, Henry. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work life balance can be tough but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, 
you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Well, back to Antonio. Like many people who had a UFO encounter in Brazil, he never again went outside after dark for the rest of his life. Jeez. He, honestly, if a hook came out of the sky, yeah. just randomly, that's, that, that is always the stuff that kind of tickles the balls of my mind, mm-hmm. is th- these concepts of someone who is so unbelievably traumatized by right. what happened to them. I watched a documentary on abductees on Amazon that was like old school. It was, uh, I forgot what the hell it was called, but it was with Bud Hopkins, the original like researcher of abductees, and him talking to these people whose lives were shattered by their experiences. And the ones that realized what happened, and you, you kind of see this, like the, the stripes of trauma of being treated as if, I mean, again, we're used to a certain amount of respect on planet Earth as humans. <laughs> Is that we're, right? Yeah, we are well, assumed... at least from things that aren't human. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, humans, okay. we are used to being the top of the food chain. I don't know. Have you ever heard of platypus diss us? You should see what they're saying. <laughs> but as imagine you're walking along and you have a certain set of rules of reality does not include hooks coming from a ufo from the sky and attempting to bait me like, yeah as i mean soon it's, as not, you a, see it's that, not on everybody's bingo sheet for the day yeah yeah that's you, true. as soon as you get through once that happens to you i don't think you're ever the same i agree yeah, yeah a lot of it some people went out never went outside again for the rest of their lives some people it took them months other people like there was one guy who would go outside afterwards but refused to smoke outside at night ever again because he believed that the cherry from a cigarette was what attracted the aliens in the first place uh, so it's I just i mean it's just a scrambling of rationale I think that's what would attract the Chupa Parks, which is the Chupacabra Marcus Parks. (laughs) (laughs) Got a light. Got a light. (laughs) But Antonio aged quickly after his encounter and spent the last five years of his life lying in a hammock inside, hiding from the rest of the world. I maybe I am just getting too used to quarantine. (laughs) But isn't that that's kind of nice? You got a pina colada as long as he's having fun. It's not like, it's not, it's not, down there, like, hammocks is just, it's, you would rather have a bed. People just sleep oh, in hammocks. I see. Yeah. Yeah, it is a, yeah, it is a, not a luxury, it is a, uh. That's how they live. Down. Yeah, yeah, that's how they live. Okay. It's all, it's, I don't like the hammock, actually. I don't like very, hammocks. Very <laughs> We're anti-hammock. I, I hate hammocks. There is, however, one interesting contradiction in Antonio's story. While he later told people that the aliens had called him a, quote, 
good old man, hmm. his daughter remembers him telling her something entirely different. Uh-oh. When it first happened, she said that he told her that the aliens had deemed him to be too old and of no use to them. And that's why they left him. Although what? I'm not sure what the significance of this contradiction is. You don't think I can still make the milk? I'll make the milk right now. <laughs> well, that's, is that Ronald Reagan? Kind of. <laughs> but we'll see. That's what's interesting about this phenomena versus the U.S. phenomena. Because this phenomena in Brazil has little of the cum draining that you see in the U.S. Hmm. version of abductions. Mm-hmm. In the U.S., it's way more about what we were... T- we were talking about this when, on, on our phone call about this. It's way more about whatever the quote-unquote hybrid program is. Yeah, reproductive the, rights that were... Not reproductive rights, just wow. re- reproductive... <laughs> wow. Re- Let's bring this up, and this is why we're here to talk. Let's just take a, a strong right turn. Let's talk SCOTUS. Yeah. Reproduction. That's what a lot of the um, UFOs in America, North America in general, are concerned with. I see. These Brazilian UFOs used th- seem to be straight up out literally for blood. Like they want our blood. Weird. Now, it's at this point in the story that things start to get a little more dangerous for the people of Brazil. But according to Jacques Fillet, there was one UFO encounter in Brazil back in the 40s that resulted in a grisly death. Hmm. I'm going to read you a selection from Jacques Vallée's Confrontations. Okay, well, this is a great presentation. You're in sixth grade. Do you think this is safe for the class? Everyone must know what I know, teacher. (laughs) (laughs) The year was 1946, and two men, Wow, Prestes Filho, and his friend Salvador dos Santos, were returning from a fishing trip near the Brazilian village of (laughs) Acraquaguama. Perfect. (laughs) <laughs> As they reached the village where they lived, they bade one another farewell and went their separate ways. The time was 7 p.m. An hour later, Prestis showed up at his sister's home with a strange story. A beam of light had hit him as he was reaching his front door. It stunned and blinded him. He fell to the ground without losing consciousness. Hmm. He managed to get up and make his way to her house. The same evening, Prestis's condition deteriorated rapidly. Witnesses said that his flesh literally detached itself from his bones. It was as if he had been boiled in hot water for a long time so that his skin and the underlying tissue fell off. Prestis was not in pain, but he was understandably in an increasing state of terror. Mm -hmm. Soon he was unable to speak. The villagers placed him in a cart, (laughs) intending to take him to the hospital, but he died en route about six hours after being hit by the beam of light. He remained conscious until the end. Oh, When his body was bought back, his flesh had fallen off to the point where the corpse looked decomposed. Wow, put that in a barbecue cook-off. My God. (laughs) Falls off the bone. Sloughing off. Sloughing off. Nasty. Okay. Now, even though there were plenty of UFO sightings in the time leading up, it was in 1977 that the Brazilian UFO flap truly began. <laughs> oh, are you gonna? Why are you taking your shirt off again? It's just for Marcus and I. It's all audio. That's the sound. That's uh, the sound of my yes, little thanks. making my little notes. I, beautiful, Henry. Thank you. 
In July of 1977, a man named Alfredo Marquis Suarez was walking home at night from a neighbor's house when a burning sensation struck his left leg from behind. Mm. There's a burning in my rectum. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Classic, classic yep. episode 68. Yes, indeed. A rector dang near got her a fine position at a pizza place. <laughs> <laughs> when Alfredo looked back, he saw a beam of light, yellowish white, shining on his skin. Whatever it was, it grabbed hold and began pulling Alfredo toward the sky. So Alfredo grabbed a wooden fence and held on as the force continued to pull. Finally, it let go, and Alfredo tried running under a cashew tree. But the leg that had been pulled by the beam was numb, so he just started running around in circles instead. He had no fucking choice. He was feeling both hot and cold at the same time, and he was shaking with sickness. This wow. is such an example of a neighbor, like, watching out the window, like, watching a man be lifted up by a beam of light, holding onto a fence, and then, like, running in a circle with, like, doing the Ellen dance. Like, do you remember from <laughs> I love that, yeah. And he's just sitting there being like... I guess sober October is over. (laughs) It's time for spinny September. (laughs) Eventually, the light gave up, grew dim, and disappeared. When Alfredo got home, his leg was black and burned. It blistered and became infected. And for two more days, Alfredo had diarrhea. And Uh it took three months for his injured leg to be useful again. Damn. The first day must have been fun, though, with the diarrhea. The first day is never as bad until you get dehydrated, and then it's very dangerous. We've talked about this many times. More more times than we've talked about anything else that is remotely (laughs) useful on the show. Yes, indeed. (laughs) And if the Brazilian UFO light beam attacks would have ended there, we probably would have never heard Alfredo's story. Hmm. But it kept happening again and again and again. And three months later... 40 other people in the area experienced similar attacks. And actually, and they went to the hospital to get treated for this. What did they say? Any information on the hospital? Like, were the nurses like, we've seen this before? Well, there is a lot of evidence that shows that people went in for what is just essentially radiation burns. They Mm. said that they wouldn't, they, they would not hurt necessarily on the outside they would just be raw and essentially the skin looked like it was uh, the way to describe like microwaved and sometimes they'd be covered with like little bumps hard bumps that look like bug bites and they couldn't quite determine what the hell it was huh yeah and people were coming in and like after the first there was one uh doctor that treated a lot of these people and said that as when the first few people were coming in uh everyone they they were saying like okay this is mass hysteria haha like who knows what the fuck this is these people are all crazy or something right then once it got to be like 10 20 30 people that's when they really started paying attention and, and asking what was really going on here and the doctor said that she herself saw UFOs on multiple occasions because it got to be such it got to be such a normal thing that a night wouldn't go by without seeing without someone seeing a UFO. Okay. But perhaps the most terrifying encounter came on Crab Island. (gasps) (laughs) Scary. Around the time of the UFO attack on Alfredo, four men headed out to Crab Island off the coast of Brazil to cut down trees for construction materials. They traveled to the island by boat and were planning to leave around midnight when the tide came in and the men decided to stay until morning. All four fell asleep, but only three woke up to sheer horror. 
The first man, Oleriano, had a burned butt. And yet his clothes were completely intact. He got zapped by a laser and went through the pant. Oh. Mm -hmm. And that isn't so bad, considering everyone else's condition. A companion named Ferminio was burned so badly all over his body that, again, his skin was sloughing off in chunks. Yikes. But the third was by far the worst. Even though he had only superficial burns, from what I can tell from the account, Jose Souza, 22 and otherwise healthy, was stone dead. Although no autopsy was performed, his death certificate listed cerebral vascular accident caused by emotional shock as the cause of death. In other words, Jose Souza was scared to death. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah, dude. I mean, I don't mean to say it because it's death, but you know, that's crazy, man. Fucking aliens fucking getting some on the run, man. Scorecard, fucking aliens four, human zero that time. (laughs) You out, and also you can die of a broken heart. I saw that on the internet where it's true. The the blood vessels and stuff like that, they can kill you. Are you just looking up the the logic behind country music lyrics (laughs) late in the night? (laughs) Well, as far as the survivors of Crab Island went, Firminio was in a coma for a week, and his left arm was so badly burned he lost complete use of the appendix. While Oleriano seemed to have gotten away with just a burned butt. My goodness gracious. But the other guy had nothing. The other guy had nothing. Nothing at all. Yeah. Okay. He just wanted it too much. He wanted it too much indeed. As far as what the burns looked like, a doctor said the injuries were consistent with a lightning strike. But that was an impossibility. For it to be lightning, the bolt would have had to hit the sand, bounce back up, then travel sideways inside the boat, hitting three men at the same time while also managing to set nothing on fire. And then that same lightning bolt would jump back in time to Dallas, November 1963. Do the layoff. Do the layoff. And furthermore, there was one of them. Apollinario, who wasn't uh, rolls off at the all. tongue. Apollo, Apollinario, Apollinario, Apollinario. You just have to say it a few times. Apollinario, Apollo, Apollinario. Yeah, but he wasn't burned at all. Instead, okay. his problem was long term. His health failed, and after a year, the left side of his body just stopped working, and he never recovered. What's insane, though, is that nine years later. It happened again in the same place. Same place. What? Can you say if your left side of your body just stops working, can you just say it's retired? Yeah, I think you can. <laughs> I think yes, so, of course. Yeah. Involuntary yeah. retirement. I need a vacation for my vacation. You had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Four men sailed to Crab Island for wood nine years after the first incident. And again, three were injured with burns while the fourth died with nary a mark on his body other than a bit of blood coming out of his mouth. And that's just from flossing. Yes, indeed. In other words, there was some weird shit going on down in Brazil, and it wasn't only happening to the men. In 1979, a woman named Rosalito was pulled up by the light, but was able to resist by grabbing onto a pole and screaming for her husband until the UFO gave up. (laughs) And there was a lot of tales of women being zapped by beams on their breasts, and I mean this. You've been talking a lot about this. This is true, is that they were discovering that these women were having like bite marks and, and burn marks on the tissue of their breasts. So they're in Brazil. Of course, they're going after the butts and the boobs. They want the meat. They want, they mm. perhaps, is that, I mean, honestly, is that what they're going after? 
Ask, hmm. ask Marcus. I am asking Marcus. I'm definitely not asking you because you're just going to get it horned up over there. Well, the guy with the burn butt, as far as I know, that's the only butt burn that we got. And okay. if we're going for what Brazil's known for, we're definitely going for they're no more for butts. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. Yeah. We all have seen some of the literature. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, the aliens or whatever they were sort of seemed like they just weren't very good at whatever it is they were trying to do. In the town of Mocambo, a 14-year-old boy named Giulianetti saw a glowing object and felt himself being pulled up. But instead of running, Giulianetti just stood there, not grabbing onto anything. And he never left the ground. He said the pulling was intermittent, not steady, as if the aliens were just trying to figure out how to properly use the beam. They were just practicing on these people. Yeah, they were just giving them little tugs. My Mm. goodness. Nothing I like better than a tiny little space tug. Yes, indeed. (laughs) But eventually, the UFOs did figure it out. And in March of 1978, Luis Carlos Serra was taken up through the beam and was gone for three entire days and came back with hardly any memory of what had happened. All anyone knew was that he'd been found on a jungle path in terrible condition, unable to speak or move. And most bizarrely, he was completely bald where before he'd had long hair. The long hair was the lie. Oh, <laughs> it was a wig. I think this is a very That's scary. That's what you think? Like this the main a, villain from Almost Heroes? Well, this is him like trying to figure out how to transition away from the wigs. Like oh. maybe he's starting to get like a rash from the lace front. So he has to like figure out a way to like get out of this whole scenario. I'm so just he, happy. Just, he disappears for a couple days, says he was abducted, shows back up like Ace Ventura when nature calls coming out of the rhino yeah. in a path. You just have to do it one day like John Travolta. Like, he just did it. He just did it. And he looks great bald. We all knew, John. We all knew. But this kid's hair hadn't been shaved off. By a doctor's estimation, it had been burned to the root because the tops of his ears were slightly singed as well. But the cruelest thing done to Luis involved his teeth. Four of his teeth had been pulled out while others had been broken. And they hadn't done a very good job either. While one tooth was pulled out completely, the other three missing teeth had left behind the roots. I can't do teeth stuff. Still don't like it. No matter how many times I've seen horror films where they pull out the teeth, I still just knock. I can do eye stuff. Mm -hmm. I used to not be able to do any eye stuff or nail stuff. Yeah, I'm fine with eye stuff. I like eye stuff. When Luis finally recovered, he said he'd been picking guava fruit in the jungle when he heard something that sounded like a car horn, followed by a bright light above the palms. Honk, honk. <laughs> That's cute, though. That's fun. Yeah. Apparently, the UFO inhabitants had finally figured out how to use the tractor beam. And they laid Luis <laughs> flat on his back before pulling him up to the craft. Luis said it was a classic flying saucer, complete with a dome on top. And once he was inside the dome, he said he saw three creatures about three feet tall who spoke very loudly and very deeply in a language he didn't recognize. Please sit down. Do you want pretzels? (laughs) (laughs) This is my friend Frank. You, you seem to have a problem understanding me. Do you need a seltzer? <laughs> Do you want to sit and play co-op games with me and my friend? We have Smash Brothers. Have you heard of it? Wow. <laughs> Luis said the last thing he remembered was the little people putting a tube up his nose and a transparent ball in his mouth. And the next thing he knew, he was bald and partially toothless on the jungle path three days later. 
Oh, God, it sounds like he's, he was partying with Motley Crue. Indeed, they made him a little Christmas tree. That's not good. I want to talk about the dream state of being involved in an alien abduction in this scenario. I think there's a reason why there's a halfway mark with all of this shit. People experience these things. People who have been abducted. People who have dealt firsthand with entities, quote-unquote. A lot of times they talk about this kind of half world of logic where things kind of make sense but also don't. Like mm. it come like how many like times when you're on mushrooms trying to put trying to figure out your television. Remember that when I unplugged the TV a whole bunch and then we couldn't figure out how to plug it back in. Yeah, because we were just looking at a bunch of chords like they were spaghetti and then everyone's been yeah. like, Where's the music? Where's the music? <laughs> that literally yeah, happened. Then- and then that's when I showed up and fixed everything and, you know, I showed my worth. Isn't that funny that nobody remembers that part, Marcus? Yeah, no one remembers that part, that I, sh- I showed up and, and fixed and fix everything. And, uh, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. But there's something about, like, the tugs, the, this kind of halfway working, the, the pulling the teeth out. There, there's a, I, I don't know how to really describe it. It's a dream logic that doesn't make full and complete total sense. So in some way, shape, or form, if they are like just aliens from another planet coming to experiment on us, why is it not more like photorealistic? Why is it so dreamlike? Why are there... Because it sounds like all of the things that happens in a nightmare. You know when you like can't run away of course. from the thing that's chasing you and you can't fight the person? It's like you automatically enter into this sort of liminal space where you and this... You're like in a shared reality with a thing that's maybe having a hard time staying in our dimension. Like, I wonder if that's a part of it. Like, they're, them crossing over to here, if that is indeed what they're doing, is not complete. So you're only experiencing... 50 50 to 70 percent of the event. I think it's more um, it, it could be that, but it, it could be that combined uh, with the phenomenon of uh, the human brain just not being able to understand things sometimes. Yeah. Like sometimes when you see like you sometimes the human brain cannot comprehend what is being fed into the eyeballs and the brain sort of fills in the gaps. And that could be what this is. The, it's the brain not understanding. It's just what these UFOs are, are dealing with, what they are on the inside. It's just too foreign for us to but we have no frame of reference for it but it's crazy these these experiences are so much more brutal almost i'm gonna say almost because of the this straight up rape that happens in u.s abductions is like a different type of brutality it seems more cold you're talking about casting you're talking about hollywood (laughs) casting there's certain things you have to do and you have to be able to keep a secret Mm, if you want to make it in this town but these events in brazil are like getting the teeth half removed I've never heard of in any other scenario. Just yeah. Sounds like they didn't do it right. Yeah, they don't do anything right. Okay, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Perks. I just find it interesting. Of like, uh, what is it about doing something incorrect that we're supposed to learn from? Mm-hmm. To not do it that way. Yes. <laughs> Now, by this point, the people in this area of Brazil were getting mighty tired of the suck suck, especially when new sighting zones around the country reached saturation levels so high that nary a night passed without a UFO sighting. And this wasn't just one small town. Like, this was a large swath of Brazil. Like, imagine if there were UFO sightings from Cleveland to New York City for a month straight. Wow. It's It's that area. It's that thick. Okay. Yeah. And so, the Brazilian Air Force finally got involved, and Project Prato began, headed up by a man named 
Captain Orange Bolivar Suarez Nuguara de Holanda Lima, a.k.a. Captain Holanda. That's a guy who likes tan hats. Well, that's a long badge. That's a long badge. Now, when Captain Holanda showed up, he found that people were actually taking shots at the UFOs with rifles and pistols, which caused damn near every Air Force official to yell, Jesus Christ, stop fucking doing that. USA, USA, (laughs) USA. I'm actually happy to hear that. That makes me feel that makes me feel less dumb for our country. No, he said just stop doing it because it seemed to make it continue. Every single time they shot at them, they would actually come and be more aggressive. Well, the, re- the reason why Captain Holanda even got involved was because the mayor of Colares, which we're about to go to, which is an island community, they the mayor of Colares finally had seen so many UFOs mm. that he was so freaked out that he got the, like, basically there was like a posse of people together and they watched <laughs> a group of UFOs. And this is, this is according to the mayor of Colares. And it's an official record of okay. Operation Plate Prato, is that they looked up at the sky, they saw these UFOs show like fly over, and then the entire town's electricity went out. Woo. And so they sat there, and then finally, finally, the mayor was like, "We are calling the Air Force." Wow. <laughs> okay. Now, now, unlike the experiences that civilians have had with the United States Air Force when it comes to UFO sightings in our territory, the Brazilian Air Force, while they were pretty hands-on, they seemed to be there at least a little bit to help out its citizens and to try to figure out what the fuck was going on. They actually showed up with a team of psychologists to help wow. them like deal with the panic that had overtaken the entire fucking region. They, we didn't even do that after Hurricane Katrina, and that was definitely real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they went and they set up a, an entire base. They set up a, uh, a way to watch the skies. They, start, they put up video cameras and motion-sensitive cameras to look up at, the, like, at, at any single moment. Hmm. Where, this is one of the I most... I mean, 1978 comp- technology, though. But for any time, this is one of the most comprehensive like research attacks hmm. that a government has done on a UFO flap. They showed up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they brought cars, cameras, radio transmitters. They even fucking brought helicopters. And at one point, tried chasing the UFO with the helicopter. But <laughs> they turned around when the UFOs started chasing them. Whoa! The prey. Or the, uh, what's the, the hunter the, becomes the, 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 the prey. The hunter becomes the prey. It's really true. It is wild. This, of all of the alien stories we've ever covered, really shows, like, it's they scary. try to do it. This is fucking crazy. Yeah. Kalara's blew up. Okay. Yeah. But even so, the presence of the Air Force did nothing to stop the attacks. One woman named Claudio Mira Rodriguez said that she was sleeping in her hammock outside when she was awoken by a beam of green light. She looked up and saw a UFO, and inside was a man wearing something like a diving suit carrying something like a pistol. And it was from this pistol that the green light was emitting. I was playing with my cat. (laughs) Now I'm playing with you. Really? Wow. Claudio Maria said that when the beam struck her chest, it took a little blood and left three scars in a triangle. And she said it felt like being struck with a hot needle. Afterward, she was terrified and thirsty. And when she became paralyzed, because the the paralysis came on slowly, she started screaming. And she was taken to a hospital where she was treated for an abnormally high fever for weeks. Damn. 
But what's even more interesting is that when Captain Holanda was interviewing her about the experience, a goddamn UFO zipped right past. And he wasn't the only one to see it that night. It seems like these UFOs are taunting them. Yeah. Absolutely. They are conscious of whatever they, they know that humans are paying attention. Mm. And Captain Holanda is a very interesting personality, too. Because even after all this shit, he said that he probably saw 20 UFOs himself wow. during this time period. But he still does not fully believe. Because he's like, I still am looking for another explanation because I refuse to believe if they're coming here to kill us that they haven't just outright killed us all together. Well, perhaps they're they're peaceful, like Stephen Greer says. I don't want to bring up Stephen Greer. He's a disinformation agent. That's what you he say. He wants it too fucking much, and he charges $2,500 a pop. That's what you're mad about. Bongos. I mean, that's a part of it. But that's why you're upset. No, Stephen Greer... He, he likes these aliens a little bit too much. Yeah, well. I think you got to be careful when you make a deal with the Hildefuck. Right? encounters of the fifth kind if you want some info on Stephen Greer. Horrible shoes. <laughs> That's why you can't trust the New them. Balance. Overall, Holanda interviewed between two and 300 people over a six-month period. And by the end of it, he and his team were able to document eight distinct styles of UFO. You had the disc with windows, the mm-hmm. rectangle with a barrel on the side. That's the chupa chupa. That's like the classic chupa chupa. Oh, that's the yeah. suck suck. Okay. Yeah. The pyramid with the top cut off, the cigar, the arrowhead, the dome, the black and the white, and the ball with three sticks. Ooh. The ball with three sticks is also very interesting. That's I the saw Polish some- one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill you. I'll fucking kill you. Yes, indeed. But the ball with three sticks actually was recently seen over San Diego. The mm-hmm. same type of structure where you see that orb with the three little landing gear. It's cute as hell. Seems like- to me, that's like the VW bug of these. Uh, <laughs> small on the outside, big on the inside, much like how Marcus is a thin on the outside, fat on the inside. Yeah, I actually eat very healthily. The VW, no, we talked about this on Side Stories, your your love of the sweets, although you, you like just have candy. a bite. You have the little I, bites of candy. Yeah, I just take little bites. I, I consume so much less sugar than the two of you beer drinkers do. I Whoa. know! <laughs> wow. I'm just saying. I'm Whoa. just saying. <laughs> <laughs> But what's seemingly distinct to Brazil is what came after a sighting. Several reports said that sometimes after a craft or a ball of light appeared, a window in the sky could be seen that seemed to be looking out onto a different place entirely. Cool, like phantasm. Fucking take me, dude. I want to see the window in the sky. I want to take yeah. fucking 75 milligrams of edibles. Sure. Get myself one last Philly cheesesteak. Oh. And then just give me a little bit of a ladder into the hole so I can look up in there. Oh, I just am curious. And to them, you'd be really big. Isn't that interesting? So you get to suffer. You get to live in that reality where everything is too tiny because it's built by little people. Yeah, but at the same time, I'll be a sexual curiosity. Uh-huh. I'll be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh-huh. I'll be out there fucking playing hoops. I'll fucking yeah. join the Alien Basketball Association. Destroy it up there doing crossovers, being like well, the fucking the new Larry Bird. The new Larry Bird, Henry Zabrowski. Well, we know from Space Jam, aliens are actually quite good. <laughs> Since there was so much attention given to these sightings, it was natural that the press would become involved. And it was actually a couple of journalists who experienced one of the most aggressive, if somewhat petulant, encounters hmm. with the UFOs. 
But before that happened, these two men had a different kind of encounter that was also experienced by multiple people in the area. You know what was weird about this specific encounter was that the reporters... Everybody was having UFO like moments. So these guys really wanted they 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 wanted the scoop. They wanted to see. Right. It. And so what they did was there was a rumor that if you used the colors red, black and yellow hmm. that it would attract the UFOs. There was something about they they said that it was often seen on the dome-shaped crafts or the normal like the disco viadas the like the actual like flying saucer shapes yes. would have stripes of red, black and yellow on them. And so what they did was paint the top of their car red, black and yellow. This mm. is true and and before going out scoping for UFOs Interesting. and told what happened happened. Well, yeah. with, uh, with any luck, people will confuse them for Texas Tech fans who are red, black, and white. That's right. Yellow. Yes, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Get Lost. your guns up. Get your guns up. My guns aren't as high as they used to be after really? spending a week in Lubbock. Yeah. Mm. No, you are very upset with those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially okay. since, you know, they're real, um, they're real uh, easy going right now. If you know yeah. What I mean. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Lubbock. Yeah. Yeah. But they're also like really mad though at the same time, Super which is mad interesting. about like everything and like really aggressive and like want to tell you about it, whether you want to hear about it or not. Well, the journalists said they were sleeping in their car when they were woken up by a powerful beam of light. But the light wasn't shining through the windows. Instead, it was actually shining through the roof of the car, passing through the solid metal completely as if the paneling was made of glass. And this happened again and again to people like in their homes, in their cars. Uh, they said it was a very unsettling thing to witness. Cool. Well, there was one story Jacques Vallée was talking about, about a woman talking. He was kind of talking about the abduction experience in general. And this happens a lot. You know, how often you travel through where they say abductees are taken from one spot and they see themselves traveling through their house or through a ship where a woman was before the incident happened she was lying in bed and she realized she could see the moon Hmm. from her bed and looked up and her ceiling was gone and then all of a sudden the shit rolled over and then she was slowly tractor beamed up the petulant part with the journalists however came a few days later those same dudes actually spotted one of the craft and they tried taking a picture but when the flashbulb went off the light coming from the ufo became bright and solid and it shattered the car's windshield. Whoa, Woo! Sean Penn. Cool. <laughs> he and hates still, paparazzi. Yes, he does. <laughs> well, they hunt him down. And still, the attacks continued for years after. Each one was followed by numbness, paralysis, dizziness, headaches, diarrhea, vomiting, and chest pains for days, if not months afterward. And some victims lost the will to live completely. Really? And what does that run alongside of? Radiation poisoning. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And it wasn't just the poor farmers and fishermen either. One of the largest landowners in the region, Genuncio de Souza, was almost pulled into a silo-shaped craft by what appeared to be a man and a woman. Genuncio said that when the light started pulling him up, he wrapped his arms around a tree, which caused the beam to pull him up and down, up and down, up and down, whoa, five whoa, times whoa. until his chest was whoa. scraped raw. And the alien was yelling, all aboard the cuck train, all aboard the cuck train. But who would be the cuck? We don't know. 
Finally, the UFO tried a new tactic and covered Denuncio in something like hot oil to get him to let go. It fucking shot UFO bullshit all over him. (laughs) Sweet, 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 sweet. Could have done without that, sir. (laughs) (laughs) That's a wild afternoon. He's like gripping onto a tree. Your ankles are getting tugged. For the love of God, I didn't even pay for this. I'm a landowner. (laughs) He persisted. And the aliens gave up after only two minutes. And like many people before and after, Genuncio was afraid to go outside for the rest of his life and never fully regained either his strength or his health. Wow. Do you think that at some point, again, maybe with some excuse for just being covered in oil to begin with? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you explain it. Same damn thing happened to his son Beto a couple of months later, right down to the hot oil. Now, how hot was the oil? Was it super hot? Did it burn the skin? Not super hot. It was a uh, warm oil. Hot. Yeah. So massage oil, kind of. Yeah, but warm, warm enough where it's like, what the fuck? This is warm. This is very, you want very a good warm. Mas- oh yeah, I want a rub. Yeah, because then it gets all viscous, and you're sitting there, and you and your father is just as wet as a couple of eels. Look at that. Yep, can't just, hug your father then. No, yeah, just flopping around like a couple of salmons. Both of you got your ankles tugged, and both of you don't know what happened. It sounds like a regular Thanksgiving over at the Kissel House. Lucky lady, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Now, as scary as all these encounters are, nobody actually saw a UFO deliberately kill a person outside of, you know, that 1946 story. Right. And Jacques Vallée tried finding a witness, but the closest he came to a UFO murder in the 70s was a guy who had a heart attack, fell out of a tree, and died during an encounter. That's the tree's fault. <laughs> I think it's the heart's fault, really. It's, I mean, that's manslaughter, I would say. Yeah, negligent Yeah, negligent homicide. Well, he climbed the tree. Did the aliens put him up no, in the he tree? Was hold- the, the aliens were pulling him up, and he grabbed uh, onto the tree. He had a heart attack, fell out, and died. I couldn't take it. Couldn't take the heat. Well, there is a lot of talk about, especially on Jacques Vallée's side, about are they purposefully attacking? We, yeah. I don't know. It sounds sometimes, the way he describes it, is that they necessarily weren't purposefully attacking. It sounds like they either surprised the UFO, which is a very interesting concept, that they stumbled upon the UFO and it was some sort of self-defense mechanism, or... Oftentimes, the UFO is seen scanning the ground Mm -hmm. with the same exact beam that they are getting zapped with. So they also wonder whether or not, what if there's a stun beam that you'd normally use for an abduction? Something like that. And instead, if they're too physically close, it kills them. Or they're doing a beam on something else, and they're trying to maybe... God knows what it does. It makes frogs gay. And then it turns <laughs> over and it bounces off of you and then you get cancer from it. Ah, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And, I mean, what Jacques Vallée said is that if they are trying to kill us, they are doing a terribly bad job at it. A nut with a sniper rifle would have a higher kill count than uh, one of the uh, what is assumed to be a highly advanced race of beings. Well, I don't know if there's anyone more advanced than a psycho with a sniper rifle because <laughs> they are scary and they can kill. I'm scared. I don't have a sniper rifle. I want to get a big. I want to get a big gun. I want a six shooter. See, you say this about a gun. I prefer just one nuclear bomb. Yeah, just one. If just I one. had one, I'd fix a lot of problems in this country. Don't think you would. I think would you'd destroy fix a, a lot, lot of, of stuff. No, you don't understand. No. It's called leverage. 
<laughs> that's Battlefield Earth. So, uh, yes. <laughs> you know, plenty of people, they did die after the UFO encounter. It just happened days, weeks, or months afterwards. But it okay. was a result of the UFO experience. And there are some who believe that an entire group of hunters who were found dead in the Parnarama region of Brazil were killed after a UFO encounter in the jungle. I think it was like 1981, right? Ooh, it's yes. It's like Predator. It is like fucking Predator. That's oh, dope. shit. Even with the triangle, even with the triangle dots. If it blitz, we can kill it. Yeah, that's so cool. (laughs) Man, I'm so happy that all of us are in the army and all of us are so cool. (laughs) Yeah, my buddies, you and me. Yeah. Marcus, we're in the army now. Oh, yeah, we're in the army. Yeah, I mean, it's so cool being in the army. That's what's cool about it. Put me in there. Yeah, I'm in demolitions. (laughs) And catering. Ah. Uh, even though the Brazilian government took all of this very seriously, and they even supposedly have pictures and videos stored away, they still denied that all of these encounters were caused by UFOs, at mm. least at the time. But in 1986, many years before disclosure here in the United States, the Brazilian government openly acknowledged the existence of UFOs by holding a press conference to announce they've been tracking 21 UFOs on radar in the previous days, and several of their jets had chased the UFOs to no avail. Woo-wee! It is, Brazil is a interesting UFO country, because in 2005, they had a big old disclosure event as well. They popped open the records of Operation Plate, and they discovered all of the actual hard evidence that they had found. And while they had very little video, they had some kind of pictures that were a little bit on the edge, because people didn't quite understand if you could identify or not. But what they did have was sheets and sheets and sheets of officers saying, luminous light saw a pyramid move from here to here, like all of this witness testimony. When we spoke with John Tenney, he was talking about the pyramids and the triangles. I believe that was all over Detroit. It seems like that's a really common form for these UFOs to take. Mm -hmm. Look at the Black Vault. The Black Vault has all of the uh, Operation uh, Prato uh, documents on it. Isn't that what Geraldo Rivera opened? (laughs) 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 On that television special? Remember that from 1992? (laughs) Now, the attacks died down as the 70s turned to the 80s. But in 1990, the UFOs returned and began attacking people in the exact same ways that they'd done a decade before, using the same pulling light and causing the same adverse effects. But the weird thing was that they still weren't very good at it, if abducting people was indeed their goal. Moises Campeo, a farmer in his mid-30s, was faced one night with a bright flash of light, which was followed by an unsettling craft as large as a house that was noiselessly and slowly spinning. Is it possible they were just fishing for nutrients the way that someone will throw a large net into the ocean, but the next thing you know, there's a dolphin in there. Uh, you say, I don't want a dolphin, damn it. I like the dolphins. And then, of course, the dolphin has to escape. That is a theory. Again, yeah. if they are nuts and bolts, actual extraterrestrials, maybe they are here on some form of research study. Getting sucked up, and yeah. the people are just in the wrong spot at the wrong time. Well, everything around Moises lit up even brighter after that, and everything got very hot. He started to rise into the air, so rigidly paralyzed that the cookies he was carrying under his arm were crushed. <laughs> 
Oh, no. My cookies. My cookies. <laughs> my cookies. This could, I mean, this could also just be like the story he made up after he ate all the cookies. Oh, that's why we got to go that far. We don't have to fat shame these people. Oh, he's a fat guy who has to have his cookies. You do you're, you. you're abducted and you still ate all the cookies? Yeah, it's not like I wasn't any less hungry because the fear yeah, really but, sparks it. So. It's weird, though, because you were getting probed and they just they let you have them, huh? I know, I shouldn't have been messing with my new cookie crop. <laughs> These cookie trees are real sensitive, and I'm just running out of the cool milk it takes to grow them. Brazil is an awesome place. <laughs> but just as suddenly, Moises was let down to the ground gently, and both the light and the UFO settled on top of a nearby tree. Then it started doing it again, using the light to pick him up and set him down, pick him up and set him down over and over again. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? My cookies. My cookies. <laughs> the last time, the light just dropped him, and he fell so hard, his left eye swelled and bulged out of his head. Woo. And it took him a year before he could see out of it again. Like Vader when he got his eye poked out. Yeah. And like most of the others, he no longer goes outside at night. I mean, it's they scary, have to dude. face the fear. At some point, you got to go outside at night. It's very, it's very, very scary. Uh, I guess. Other encounters, however, were not so dramatic. A man named Antonio da Silva, nicknamed Bolinga. That's just how you know he's joking. <laughs> <laughs> Bolinga. He said he was walking home with his brother and his donkey late one night when they heard a loud pinging sound. Both men quickly hid underneath the donkey, with Bolinga <laughs> wrapping himself around the front legs while his brother Wow wrapped around the back. Oh, I mean, come on. It's you or the donkey. I know. It's also, but I've heard that's the safest place you can be during an earthquake. Is under, under a donkey? <laughs> and they stayed under the donkey for several minutes. And while the light did strike Balinga on the back, it didn't pull. Just getting covered in donkey piss and donkey shit. Yep. Well, okay. Well, by the time the UFO left, Balinga found that his shirt was covered in a thick, oily, yellowish grease that smelled terrible. It was donkey piss. He was convinced that it came from the UFO, but his wife quickly surmised that it was an indeed donkey piss. This is yeah. the only one that doesn't check out. <laughs> this is the one. But also, think about how scared that donkey was. I mean, I just feel like it's that scene from Kingpin where it's like, milk the donkey. Be like, we don't have a donkey. Wait, is there milk in donkeys? And what I'm saying is he got pissed on. He was jerking off the donkey. Him and his brother were having sex with the donkey and this is another story to cover up? Yes. <laughs> and there are other goofy stories besides this one. I mean, back in 1965, two salesmen claimed they came upon a UFO while they were driving through Brazil and then the UFO landed and then two robots came out. But then the men dun, shot dun, the robots. Dun, 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 Honestly, dun, dun, the, only, the only way to get rid of a UFO encounter is just be like, hey, you want to buy a vacuum? And then the yeah, UFO was like, I'm going. I'm, you want to, what about shower curtains? Have you heard about our Lord and Master Jesus Christ? So anyway, it's so great that you abducted me because I'm here to tell you about Herbalife. And if I can get 18 of your species on board, you're going to make money. 
Well, the robots, in the men's words, after they shot them with rifles, silently exploded. Cool. Which blinded the men for 15 minutes, and when they recovered, both the UFO and the robots were gone. Those are just the enemies from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. But this... Is a very common occurrence in UFO sightings and, and all of the, something about the way our brains interpret it and what it's supposed to mean. Jacques Vallée calls all of this a massive control system. He believes that there is some form of us working with this dimensional intelligence, whether it's intrinsically a part of the reality that we are in, like maybe it's it's just a it's an earth thing, maybe that oh. we're like a part of, or is it th- this this other thing that that knows us and it's trying to teach us something, but it's also it plays upon our pop culture references. We see these robots pop out of the ship. You see this quite often. Right. In, in, every generation it changes. It goes into you know medieval times. Saw the chair. It's in the sky. They all, um, you know, read Passport to Magonia again, you <laughs> fucking pieces of shit, before you start telling me. You're making yourself mad. No attitude, one else is arguing I'm with you. getting on this show. No one's literally you made yourself mad. That is the old Polish argument. That's uh, classic. My shoulder hurts. Yeah, you did that. Oh. Well, what's interesting outside of the goofy realm is the allegation that in 1996, the Brazilian military captured two living aliens in what is known as the Vargina UFO incident. Whoa! The story is that on one rainy night, two young women in the town of Vargina found aliens squatting in a vacant lot, obviously lost and scared. They were humanoid appeared to be three feet tall or thereabouts and were hairless with big triangular heads, red eyes, long arms, and short legs. Oh, cute. They yeah, are kind of cute. It's like One E.T. had a little pot belly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's he's like, like, oh my God. He's like that, what is it, Mac and me? Yeah. Mac and me, yeah. Yeah, he's a little fat. But the weird thing was that they both had huge veins in their necks, shoulders, arms, chest, and back. It's like the kind of veins you might see in a weightlifter. Yeah, oh. or it's Sylvester Stallone with his like HGH rattled 80-year-old He's looking body. better than ever. He has got so many veins, you could play him like a guitar. But apparently, <laughs> didn't he take the robot out of the new uh, Rocky or something? They got the robot. They got rid of the robot, I think. Yeah, yeah he got- is retconning the past oh, like a fascist. I, I agree. It's crazy. You can't change history. But from what sources say, the Brazilian government handed these aliens over to our government, where, if this was all real, we probably killed and dissected them. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we definitely didn't, like, make them baseball players. <laughs> I don't know. I guess so. What else do you... I mean, honestly... You gotta look and see how their penises work. We always but you gotta keep. But you gotta keep one alive if you have two. I mean, that would be amazing. It depends and on whether or not he's funny. Yeah. <laughs> However, there is speculation that the quote unquote alien that the girl saw was actually a local mentally unstable homeless man uh, nicknamed Mudinho. Uh. So named because he was usually covered in mud for one reason or another. Oh. He could have been coming from the spa. <laughs> I don't know. Some people spend hundreds of dollars to be covered with fancy mud. You never know why people are covered in mud. But in the beginning of the Cholera, just to step back, it was interesting to see the one of the original theories was that when people were seeing these ships with spotlights taking our blood, one of the first instincts was that they thought it was U.S. technology oh. coming to terrorize them. Yeah. Well, that is just a testament to how we have spread fear across the globe. It's like our major <laughs> export. Yeah, in the late 70s, the America did not have America did not have the best reputation in South America. As opposed to the 80s. It got even better in the 80s. Yeah, and now they love us. Of course. They just fucking love us now. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> That's great. 
And UFO sightings are still happening even today in Brazil. Just a few months ago, in May, thousands of people in the municipality of Maje, just north of Rio de Janeiro, saw and filmed multiple glowing lights in the sky. Something magical about Brazil, is I, I would love to go see any oh, one man, of these UFO hotspots, but we covered this on Side Stories, and it's another one of those where a it sounds like a very physical thing crashed into the ground, and there huh. seemed to be a pretty extensive... Research it like they went and they, they and there was a big old investigation, and the Brazilian government was being more hesitant this time to yeah. say what it was, which actually, in my mind, points more towards is there some sort of like technology that crashed? Like, is there a black hawk mm. down thing going on in the middle of Brazil right now? Could yeah. be. And with all the you know camera phone footage that we see, it's like every single UFO sighting caught on a camera phone. It's difficult to say exactly what the lights are. But no matter what the Maje sightings were, we still have no idea what happened way back when. And the mystery of what went down in Brazil in the 70s and 90s will most likely remain a mystery forever. Forever! The dangerous UFOs of Brazil! That was cool! Usually we have much more peaceful interactions or different interactions with the UFO, but these are uh, very intriguing indeed. I wonder why they got so aggressive down there. You honestly feel like, I mean, maybe they got some of that Nazi runoff energy. Well, isn't that fun the way you continue to make those jokes? I didn't say anything to you. No, no, not at all. I said not nothing to Kissel that time, not did I, Dog Me? No, you absolutely did not. No, that was That's a South. That was a Nazi uh, Nazis escaping the South America joke. Which... Intriguing. All right, everyone. <laughs> Thank you all so it's, much. It's, it's fair. It's fair. It's right in Brazil. I know <laughs> the boys from Brazil. It's not as spicy as you might think. Um, okay. <laughs> well, very they... good. Steve Gutenberg was very oh, good. It's it incredible. is so hard to jerk off to that movie, though. <laughs> it really is. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We are excited to bring you a spooky October every Saturday. Should we plug this? We have to. 6 p.m. on the West Coast, 9 p.m. on the East Coast. We'll yes. be at twitch.tv slash Network. We will be doing Haunt Your House for charity. This week, we will be working with the charity Be an Arts Hero. Absolutely. And we will hopefully, they're trying to create legislature that will help fix some of the um, the entire entertainment industry that is about to permanently shut down in the, in the United States of America because of the uh, botched the botched rollout of the pandemic handling you by the say, U.S. government. You say botched, I say have a nice vacation for a year. Um, all right. Yes, so check that out. We can't wait to see Come you check on it Saturday. Out. Hope wait. everyone is having a great spooky beginning to October. All October long, we have, we got some fucking real spooky shit happening next week yeah. and then afterwards we are going to be getting a little bit more asucio we're going to get very very dirty and a little bit nasty oh, because wow. halloween is going to be i mean this is it the ain't canceled the by the way it's not canceled not my fucking heart not my no. home absolutely absolutely not halloween is where the heart is. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for supporting the shows here. Uh, check out No Dogs in Space. Who are you covering now? We are in the middle of Dead Kennedy still. It's a oh, gigantic. Okay. Dead Kennedy's is a huge story, much bigger than we thought it was going to be. Uh, it is a it is a fascinating story. Uh, and on this week's episode, we're going to be getting into the early '80s. Cool. At least when it comes when it comes out, we're still catching up. So it might be it's going to be a couple days late. We're still catching up from you know everything that happened before, but it'll be out soon. 
And speaking of dead Kennedys, check out Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. We keep you up to date on all the <laughs> wonderful horrors of the real world. Uh, not that UFOs are not real, but uh, thank you. Sadly, Kessel. sadly, the real world of our American politics state. Uh, we also have Whizbrew side stories, obviously. Well, you know where to check out all the shows. So just, and of course, Fraudsters. Uh, thank Fraudsters. you all so much for that. It's kind of a new hit. Yeah, Fraudsters. We got Page Seven, Wizard and the Bruiser. Check it out. If there's a flavor you want on your tongue, we here at the Baskin Robbins of Podcastery, we can just smear your whole throat with it. Yes, indeed. And kind of fun. We're now covering basketball and football as well. And of course, we will always give you the wrestling news you need to know because it's a fun sport where boys wrestle boys and girls wrestle girls. And they're not wearing a lot of clothes. Yep. I saw that. I was watching some of that. Uh Uh-huh. All right, everyone. Thank you all so much. Oh, and check out lastpodcastmerch.com because, hey, don't you want... Why just not? a little bit of something coming in the mail. That's why I, I buy it. shirts. I buy shirts all the time because it's just nice to have something to just like look forward to. It really is, honestly. It's very important. Um, all right, everyone. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Oh, hail Gein. Magoose delations, everybody. Hey, I'm about to hey, uh, hail me if mm-hmm. you, uh, you want to get out there and hail me with a quarter or something. That'd be nice. Oh my God, Henry, you're, you're covered in donkey piss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I paid for this. Hello, I'm Ed Larson. I need to tell you about my new documentary coming out called How America Killed My Mother. In 2016, my mother passed away suddenly from diabetes. Between the cost of medicine, overdraft fees from banks, credit cards, predatory casinos, we couldn't keep up. So I took the insurance money and I made this movie. How America Killed My Mother is available from October 2nd to November 5th for rental and purchase on Vimeo. Just go to howamericakilledmymother.com right now to watch. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.